The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. Well, good morning to you. Everyone glad to be here? Say amen. We finish our series today on the vow as we look at conflict within the in-laws. And I'm sure that doesn't exist. But also, just maintaining relationships in life, throughout life, whether it be with children, uh, foster children, stepchildren, um, aunts, uncles, the importance of relationship, and the God-given institutions of life. And so I'm sure there is no frustration as you plan on the holidays and uh, no kind of concern about situations that you may be put in. So I'm sure none of this will apply. Um, you know, when you marry, of course, you've heard you marry the family. And, and I've been very blessed in Jeanette's uh, family. But, you know, we're all a little different. And two families coming together bring different traditions Uh, different understandings, different perspectives. I, for one, back home, I was a redneck, and she was a city girl because she's from Fort Smith. And please understand the context of Fort Smith of being about 60,000 people. So we're both pretty country. uh, But I remember going to her house, not to upset anybody. (laughs) But I'm real picky about what I eat. And so the first Thanksgiving, we were over there, and I think we were still dating. And they said, is the turkey loaf ready? I don't know if you know what turkey loaf is. I didn't either. I just said, turkey loaf? They're like, yeah, we love it. Huh. I was picturing a beautifully basted turkey, right? Or ham. But out come a pan... And then her brother turned it over, and it looked like two colors of Spam stuck together. And they were like, would you like white meat or dark meat? Like, turkey never looks like that. And, you know, it's kind of like you got to scrape the jelly off of it. And then you get to the loaf, and there's there's this perfect line in it separating the light and the dark. Now, they had turkey, too, but this had been what they had done, you know, when times were tough. You buy the turkey loaf, and so they kept going it as a tradition, but I didn't know that. And so they whacked me off a piece of that white meat, and I continued to ingest it and determined in my soul that I would never ingest it again. It was absolutely horrendous, the texture it was like a hot dog in square form, bleached white. <laughs> but anyway, um, they are the sweetest people and have loved me as their son, and I, I live in uh, gratitude for that. Uh, but hey, conflict does happen. And so we're going to revisit a passage of you here Wednesday night. It's from the same chapter, Romans chapter 12, if you have your Bibles with you. And I've kept you over the past two weeks, and I'm going to work you hard tonight. And get ready, this could be the biggest day of Bayou Vista's future, not history. 
You guys have had some tremendous days. But today tells us a lot about what we need to do to reach our community. What is the receptivity of our community? Where do we stand in the eyes, the hearts, and the opinions of our community? And those things are imperative to understand for outreach purposes. And so I think we've sent 4,300 postcards. Uh, How many of you got a postcard? That's the majority of you. If you live toward Patterson, remember we have a church plant in Patterson, so we kind of went the other direction on this mail out. And then it looked like we hit around 3,000 people through social media this week. And so that, that's a lot of folks. And so thank you for sharing that post. Thank you for inviting. If anyone asks you today, everything is absolutely free. And uh, I'm not going to preach at them tonight. Uh, there's not going to be a mini service. We are going to love on the community, have fun with the community, cherish those children, um, and just be ready. And the key word tonight is to love and flexibility. There is something we haven't thought of. I guarantee you because I know me, okay? So there's numbers out in the field. When you get here and you get to your game, it's going to have a number on it. And all you have to do is go find the number on the field. Um, Everything is marked with spray paint. It should be self-explanatory. And then we'll get set up and we'll just fellowship until folks start arriving. Whether they win a game or not, they get candy, okay? Um, in the same amount of candy. Just a couple pieces, and we'll see how the resources hold up. If anyone asks you, we have the 10 bikes, and we will give them away pretty promptly at 5 o'clock. But they need to be here to draw, to make that drawing, okay? All right, just trying to communicate some things that you'll be asked. And they must register to win the bicycle, okay? And we'll take those registrations. We'll send letters, emails, texts and then disseminate them through our Sunday school classes for outreach, okay? So the, the, the event is for a purpose. So if you're in Romans chapter nine, 12, and verse, I'm going to go up and let's start at verse 16. If you're there in Romans 12, 16, if you would stand out of respect for the infallible, inerrant word of the almighty, sovereign God, which serves as a final authority in all matters of faith and practice. Let's start there in verse 16. It says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimations and do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. That's the lost world and the redeemed. In verse 18 is where we'll spend this morning. And if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with, what's it say? Everyone. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the beauty of this morning and what today represents for this church. I I would pray as the percentage of rain has increased that you would hold off or make it minimal at best. And the Lord, you'd provide us an opportunity, and I pray that the community would respond. Lord, may we be content with no matter the outcome. It will show us they are receptive or we must do more for us to be compatible to our community. Not compatible with the, true, the lies of Satan, but that our, they know our heart beats for them 
and their families, just as yours does. Lord, may we remember at every interaction tonight that it cost the blood of Jesus Christ to bring the hope that is a gospel. And so, Lord, I pray we would resonate good news with our appearances, with our gestures, with our words, and with our deeds. Today is imperative for the future of this church. And it is imperative that we share the gospel. Lord, give us that opportunity. Give us that great future for the namesake of your kingdom. May everything that's done tonight be valuable in that economy of your kingdom. And may we lift up the the name that is above every name, that name under heaven among men by which we all must be saved, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It is in that name, that name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You be seated, friend. So we're going to look at this this verse in verse 18. We're going to look at it backwards, okay? So I want you to journey with me. In verse 18, let us look at it. We're going to read it front ways again first. And then we're going to look at it and interpret it backwards. If possible, as far as it depends on you, on me, live at peace with, again, what's it say? Everyone. So first, I want us to look at live at peace. Living at peace means there's no contention We all see the world pretty much on the brink of war right now. God's chosen people, the nation of Judah, the nation of Israel, being attacked from within. And they're they're carrying out their war. And whether or not it's a just war, we are not here to discuss this morning. But friend, peace means that you hold no grudge and no intention. You are not getting your forces armed and ready to go to combat. You are not living loaded. That is what living at peace means. You know, often we go into a situation that's frustrating, one that has been tumultuous in the past, and we go in with guns loaded. Have you ever heard the word statement, guns a-blazing? Well, to have guns a-blazing, you got to have guns a Loaded. So anytime you go in guns loaded, you've got the situation that may end up being guns ablazing, right? And guns ablazing is a statement that refers to when you just let it all go. You laid it all out on the table, right? And so we justify that through pinned-up anger, bitterness, frustration, and yet God tells us to forgive those who act out against us, correct? Stay with me. Now, I know this is not comfortable because we all got somebody we're a little upset, bitter, or angry about, especially in the context of family. You know, the world we can choose, but in our family we have an obligation, right? And so when holidays come, we often will pretend that everything's okay we pretend for a little while or we just flat out go around the person to avoid finding a peace treaty now this can even happen between husband and wife we can get angry at each other we're both guns loaded 
And then when we come together and we've had enough or we feel like our rights have been violated, but Scripture tells me I am crucified with, therefore I slash my rights no longer live. But it is Christ who lives in and through. So, me and Jeanette have had some disagreements. And I'm usually the guns a-blazing. She's a peacemaker. And you know how dumb I feel? When you go to war with a peacemaker... She just forgives and moves on. I'm like, oh no, you remember? You remember, you remember what that person did 10 years ago in that business meeting? I'm loaded. Whereas the Lord tells me to let go of all my ammunition and confront every situation with peace. And peace is the intention that the outcome, peace is from the Lord. So peace is the intention that the outcome of every every interaction would be God-honoring. Which means the words that are used are God-honoring, the intentions that are accomplished are God-honoring, and then the outcome is God-honoring. And that outcome is always peace. It's always love and it's always unity. But it may not always be a dependent relationship. And we'll get to that in just a second. Live at peace. Which means I seek no war. I don't want to rile nobody up. Do you know how frustrating and stressful it is to be in a fight with someone? It just wears on you. I mean, when, you know, we've had our little tiffs and then you got to pretend to be mad. Ain't nothing to be mad. You think about things for real. If you're living and breathing, you got a family and you're taking care of yourself through God's provisions, is there really anything for you to be angry about? Yesterday evening, they don't want to go fishing no more. I've wore them out. But it was a pretty day, and we, we came up, got ready for the fall festival. I had a few minutes, and I even told Dwayne, the kids, I'd burn them out. They don't even want to go. On the way home, I pulled the dad card. I said, when we get home, y'all put on your fishing clothes. We're going fishing. And you're going to act like you love it, because we're spending time as a family. You got it? Right? And so we loaded up, and we went. And we weren't catching anything, which frustrates me. And I had to go, because it was a little tense. Everybody was hanging up, especially Jeanette, breaking all my tackle. We weren't catching nothing. And my heart was not at peace. So I took the back deck. I did a little yoga. Just kidding. Don't do yoga. Don't even get that picture in your head. And so I had to say just, you know, a little bit of prayer there. And, and finally it, it rolled out, but it wasn't easy. I said, guys, I'm sorry we didn't catch nothing, but it sure is. A, sure is a pretty evening. Right? I mean, it took a lot of work to get to that point in my heart. 
which is sad. <laughs> but anyway, so peace. How do I take this situation of contention and frustration, despair and deterioration, and turn it into a situation of peace? Now you say, well, Eric, it doesn't always end like that. Scripture addresses that in just a second. So live at peace. Have the intention as Thanksgiving gets ready and you're preparing your dressing and you know your aunt doesn't like onions and you double the onions just because she's coming. All right? Now, get it right. Try to live at peace. Everything, every conflict in this world is temporal. But you can drag it out as long as you choose to. Let's keep going. So, if we look at this baby backwards, 1218, we see it's 12 already. Sorry. I had every tent, if possible, as far as it be, live at peace with everyone. Now that, that's everyone, not just family. That's the, the people who take too long to do whatever you, th- you think should have taken less time. The people who didn't prepare your food like you thought it should have been prepared. Live at peace. Now that doesn't mean you can't express concern, but again, it is having the outcome and the determined resolution that the outcome is honoring to the Lord. We ate the other day out and the little waitress was having a, she told us she's having a bad day and just things didn't seem to be going right for her. And bless her heart. And, um, you know, she kept apologizing. I was like, girl, we got our food. We good. And then she spilled the tea and the check thing didn't work and brought the wrong drinks and Bless her heart, and then she told me her kids had RSV, and she hadn't been sleeping. And and so Jeanette got up and went to the restroom, and she came back. And, and always tip people. I don't care how good the service is. Get over yourself, all right? Take care of people. That's what God would have done. And she comes, she apologized. You know, it was tip time. I, was like, I gave her a little side hug. I said, sweetheart, don't worry. You know, we'd be praying with your kids. Service. You probably wouldn't do any better. So let's take care of folks. Is it that rough? <laughs> I'm just playing. If it possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And then let's get it may depend on me. As far as it depends on me. So all I'm responsible for is what I'm responsible for, and that is often a response to a situation. So I'm supposed to live at peace as far as it depends on me. So I can't control someone else. I don't know what they're going to do or not going to do. But the fact is, I'm only responsible for me. Now, I'm a child of the King. I've been saved by His grace, His mercy, His love, His provision, the blood of Jesus Christ. Right, folks? And so if there's anything, any reason I can find in this fallen world which is expected to upset me, so I should be coming in guns a-blazing with joy, not guns a-blazing with anger. Does that make any sense? 
Man, if we can't get excited about the blood of Jesus Christ and the fact that I'm not going to spend an eternity separated from him in hell, what else is going to make me happy? So, man, going into there, I thought, well, yeah, this has been a little frustrating, but who cares? There's something bigger, and I'm responsible to the best of my ability to ensure that outcome is glorifying and honoring to the Lord, not deteriorating to the beautiful hope. Now, you can't take the power out of the cross. You understand? You, you can't eliminate, you can't take away from the power that belongs to the King of kings and Lord of lords. But you can sure get in the way of someone else's ability to see it. Does that make sense? God's power is God's power. I can be, right, a window or a door to see that. Now, as far as it depends upon you, let's look at the last one. If possible. Now, now you can't just justify this situation as I've tried. If possible. So God recognizes that human relationships are as difficult as our relationship with Him since the fall. We're angry and bitter at Him when He has given us the best. We hold life and situations, circumstances against Him when it's not His fault. Most of our situations are products of our decision. But still, it's His fault. So there are times, circumstances, personalities where Yes, you won't win. But that does not mean you do not have an obligation to try. As far as it depends on you, live at peace if possible. So, I would encourage any of you that have some dysfunction, any of you that have some differences, And dysfunction is no stranger to Christian families. You know, the more you know about somebody, the less you want to know. Friend, we've all got some in our lives. And that's, I'm not going to say it's okay. It's a product of the fall and it's not necessarily your fault. That's the if possible. Now, if there's something you can apologize for. Now, what Raymond was asking her to apologize for, to me, didn't seem, didn't seem like she needed to apologize for. But I no longer live. If an apology can serve as a bridge, it's the cheapest, easiest bridge that has ever been built on this planet. Well, I don't think I did anything wrong. Let me take you back a couple thousand years. Let's just rewind to the case of Jesus Christ. He stood trial for something he did not do. And he was found guilty for something we did. And then he was sentenced. And he did not even argue. He wept. But he didn't argue. So when I'm dealing with a relationship, whether it's in family, whether it's with my 
daughter-in-laws or my future son-in-law. Dear Lord, help me. That is scary. There's going to be a lot of people in the house. And the last thing I want is the dead is tension, is hardship. And as parents, I've told you guys, it's hard for us to apologize, but if an apology can give me a relationship back, is that really hard to process? Man, the things, just those words. The same way, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. God, so here, if, if you've already tried that, I'd ask you to consider what your outcome was. Was it an obligation or was it a desire? Because there's a difference. If an apology is because of an obligation, it doesn't have your heart's intention to bring peace. It has your heart's intention to remove you and your guilt from the situation. It's two different apologies. And they're from nonverbals to the psychology of the situation, they're obvious. Well, I'm sorry. It's not the same as, you know what? I was selfish. And I'm going to say husbands and wives and you apology. An apology is not the same as an explanation of why you need to apologize. You know, when I set the boys down last week, I was telling you on, I had some things as a dad I needed to apologize for. There wasn't anything truly groundbreaking, but I said, guys, I'm going to ask you to forgive me for being selfish, you know, and, and, and things. And, and I said, but I don't want you to answer that right now because I feel like you need an explanation. I need you to know the why, not just the what. Because remember when we, we talked about parenting that morning, my job is to explain to my children what they didn't offend me, they offended the Lord, and I'm His representative in our home. And so, just like I explained to them why it was wrong, I needed to explain to them why what I had done was wrong and how it had affected them. Otherwise, you can throw out a thank you note or thank you card and if you didn't learn why wouldn't you do it again so see we take the short route to remove obligation but we don't do so with the intention of reparations and reconciliation and there's a big huge difference Jesus didn't die out of obligation He died out of desire to reconcile. And that's a big difference. To bring humanity back, back to God. And another thing I'm going to jump out, throw out there is on, because I normally do a Sunday on this, but the way that the month fell. If you have married children, I know this is tough and you're going to say you don't have married children. I know, but I counsel your married children when things happen. And your little daughter comes back and she said, Oh, Joe's being mean, and if your name's Joe, I'm sorry. Okay. I just grabbed that name. And he says, He's being mean, and I, I want you to, you can investigate, but don't say, Why don't you just sleep on the couch? 
won't you just stay here for a while? Baby, unless he's being physically abusive and addictive to dangerous substances, you go home. Scripture says what God has joined, let no man, also including woman, separate. And so our job as parents is to protect that union at the cost of our opinion and our desire to protect over very simplistic challenges. Again, if someone's at risk, trust me, I'll be like, baby girl, you're on the couch, give me your keys. I'm going in, guns a-blazing. But if my baby girl, as much as daddy wants to hold her, I like it when she smiles. Side note, yesterday she started crying. She didn't want to go fishing. I'd like to say I gave in, but I just slipped her 10 bucks. Jeanette doesn't know that yet. You do? Because she come out of the house crying, and I had $10 in change from buying shrimp. And so I just held it behind me and waved it. And she was like, whoop. <laughs> it was worth every penny. I wanted to go fishing, and I wanted my baby girl happy. That's what we do, right? And that's what God does and provides for us. So as you prepare for the holidays, I would encourage you to go ahead and start planning, praying. Um, to possibly make those restorations, reconciliations, apologies, explanations now um, and begin restoring the relationships. Now, some people, some things, some situations, we just can't repair in this fallen world, okay? But as far as it depends on you, you be clean before the Lord and uh, you leave it up to Him. But there are toxic situations, there are damaging situations, there are toxic people in which, um, from a counseling standpoint, are best you love from a distance, okay? I'm not willing anyone to go into a damaging situation, that's not my desire. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity we've had to come together and discuss, Lord, marriage, what it means Um, from the immediate facets to the external facets. Lord, that we would see and understand that every relationship we have should mirror the relationship you have with us. And Lord, I don't have the right necessarily, though I do assume it. I don't have the right to be as angry as I've often been. Lord, I don't have a right to be bitter. I've been forgiven. And you've called me to live out in the relationships of my life, that same forgiveness. And Lord, I don't like that. And I need you to forgive me for fighting that and rebelling against your commands. And Lord, that I would find forgiveness and offer forgiveness to the full extent of your intentions. And Lord, as Thanksgiving is a time to be thankful, it can also be a time of tension. And so, Lord, I pray that we ourselves, that as far as it depends on us, would live at peace with everyone. And it is in the name, that name that is above every name, that name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
The preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.